0: look where you're going. It seems a pretty obvious um, phrase in life. Um, You need to look where you're going. But um, anyone ever walked into something that they shouldn't have? Like you you obviously knew you're meant to be looking where you're going. Anyone ever run into someone at the shops? Maybe they weren't looking where they're going or you weren't looking where you're going? uh even downstairs like depending on your your height at the time sometimes you just don't see something that is right there in front of you maybe you're like as kids get to that age where the corner of the table is just out of eyesight and they bend thin up and smack their head uh, down in the Sunday school room because the building's a bit lower we've actually got safety tape up so that if you're that little bit taller you actually see that there is some solid wood there and the solid wood that's up here is not going to win out. Oh, okay, so the safety tape is not working as well as it should. Okay, flashing lights it is. Okay, no one actually heard that Hans hurt himself. We don't have an insurance to cover that this morning. But but the thing is, like, um, look where you're going. It makes common sense. But before we jump in too much, I want to talk about, we've got different when we go to the shops, people respond differently when they go to the shops um, because the shops are designed to capture your attention, to grab it and to draw you in. And the thing is, like for some of us, we just like to get in, get what we need and go again. And, and the thing is, depending on your purpose of going shopping, like, like if you're a parent, you're wanting just to go in and do the things that you're wanting to do, and the kids that are with you, their attention is grabbed all the way along. All of a sudden there's one of those coin operated rides that they run ahead to. Can I have a go? Can we do it? And, and like we, we are like, I think we've probably done it maybe 10 times in our lives where the kids have actually had a ride. Most like you guys can sit on it for like five minutes. That's the most we're going to do. Use your imagination, enjoy the earth movement. That's about all you're going to get. But the thing is, as they get older now, because like, used to be it's just toys, and for some of our kids it is toys, so you go into a shop and it's like, oh, can I go have a look at the toys? Can I buy this? Can I have this? Can I do this? Then they get to an age where they start looking at clothes. Now, as a parent, looking at toys is far easier because you know, you've got five minutes, you can look at that. Looking at clothes is far more difficult because what happens, you've got to find the right size, then you've got to go try it on, then you might want to try something else. You've got to make sure it matches. And like, it can be quite an arduous thing. But the thing is, if you've got a sales sign up saying 50% off for second piece 50% off, all of a sudden it captures your attention. And and some things capture, like, and it's different, maybe different for the guys. You might walk past JB Hi-Fi and, and the latest drone or this is coming out and you go, oh, that looks good. Or... You're walking past the food court and maybe it's not your eyes that are captured. It is your nose. You smell the coffee. You smell the KFC maybe. Like, see the thing is KFC smells great. Doesn't always agree with you, but it always smells great. Um, and so you might walk through the food court and the thing is, cause, as much as your willpower goes up no, am walking past and you're doing really well in yourself, if you've got little people with you, all of a sudden, can I have something to eat? Can I have something to eat? Can I have something to drink? Can I do this? And so all of a sudden they break down the little barrier that you have to actually say, I'm, I'm being good today. And, and, and you line up and you, you get some food or you get a drink or you do something. Like shops are there to grab your attention. They're there to do that. And we've been looking over the past few weeks at the, at the book of Proverbs and there's actually 29 times the book of Proverbs mentions the path or paths that we are on. Now I'm not going to read all 29, I'm going to read a few though this morning. Uh, Proverbs 1.15 says, my, my son, do not go along with them, do not set foot on their paths. Uh, Proverbs 2.9, um talks about following the way of wisdom and it says, then you will understand what is right, and just and fair every good path. Now those are the paths we want to take. Um, a few weeks ago we studied, we looked at Proverbs 3:6. Um, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Now the idea of that verse, and even there's a verse that um uh, when you look at uh, the Gospels, it talks about Jesus like making a way in the desert he'll he'll raise up valleys, he'll push down mountains. The idea of that is that it makes it easy to follow where you are meant to go um and so a lot of times when you, and you're driving your car, you'll find that the easy way to go for a road is to cut a a, a sort of a path through the mountain. So the road goes too easy. Sometimes they'll go follow the road around, but a lot of times they'll make up the path straight. And this is what it's talking about in Proverbs 3.6. Now in Proverbs 4.26, he sort of has a, a supplemental principle to the principle that we've been learning so far. And it says, make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. So if you've been with us, Um, for most of the series, um, the principles that are true in geography are equally true in all of life. And those principles are, firstly, your direction determines your destination. That's the principle of the path. The way that you are actually going will affect where you get to. We can't deny that principle at all. Like, you can't sort of say at the end of your life, God, I intended to do this. Or I intended to to get to this place in my life. I intended. I I really I had a, a good a good plan to do it, but I didn't actually take any active steps. Your det- your direction determines your destination. But this morning I want to add um, a qualifier for that Solomon adds in, and this statement has one slight modification. And I think you will agree this is very true. Um, is that it's a principle of focus. And it talks about your attention determines your direction, which determines your destination. It makes sense, though, isn't it? Like where your head is pointing will determine the way you go. And if, if even if you're walking and you're looking behind you, eventually you're going to have an accident of some kind. Like I, I, I do that with my kids all the time because they kind of trust my eyes in the shop's so all of a sudden, the shops becomes a playground, and I'm going to run around not looking at anyone else, and Dad, it's your job to stop me from running into other people. I think that's what they must think, because I, don't stop running around. You almost run into someone. I'm going, and I'm thinking that they're thinking, they're going, Dad, you're not doing your job then. If I've almost run into someone, you're not looking out for me. But the thing is, if you don't look where you're going, you will actually end up in a place you don't want to be. Um now, the thing is, we, we see in our country a deliberate, I suppose, um, attempt to actually modify this in our cars. In our cars, if there is now laws, or there has been laws for years, saying if you pick up your phone and it takes your attention away from driving, the police officer will take a photo of you doing that and say, because you weren't listening to the rules... Here is the dollars that you need to pay us. And hopefully that will be a way that you will learn that if you put your attention on your phone in the car, you're going to be paying dollars and lots of them. Why? Because they say that paying attention to your phone while you're driving is worse worth than drink driving. I don't know what it'd be like if you're drink driving and paying attention to your phone. That could be really bad. But, but the thing is, they're saying if you sort of someone sends you a text, someone does this, you want to ring someone, all those things are sort of takes your attention away from doing the things you're meant to doing. And so all of a sudden you can steer into something and, and 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 scrape a car, hit a dog, run into someone, or smash a car into a tree. And and the thing is to turn around and say, Oh, I was just on my phone. It won't be some of the insurance i gonna be very happy to hear from you. The the thing is We have things that capture our attention and will influence your direction. And they're not all bad things. I remember when I was in, I would have been about grade 11. So that was a few years ago for those who want to sort of, make fun of me, people younger me can make fun of me, if you're older than me, your year 11 was a longer time ago, so just stop. Um, but the thing is, I was in year 11, um, I would have been about 16 years old, I suppose, um, thinking about it now, that's a lot, lot longer than a few years, but anyway, um, and I was attending our district high school camp down in South Queensland. Um, it was um, the first time I felt called into ministry. Um, I I remember it very clearly and um, I came home from that camp and all of a sudden the plans that I had had up until that point kind of got laid aside. And again, it was one of those things that got defined more clearly over time. I got confirmed by other people around me and it began at that point in time. Now it was probably a number of years following that before I was actually in active ministry and God actually took me on paths as I grew in my experience, grew in my understanding, grew in my maturity. Again, I haven't reached the pinnacle of that yet before anyone says that. But the thing is there was there was opportunity for me to grow in that. And there was even times in that journey where things actually pulled me off that path. Sadly. They the things grabbed my attention and took me off my path. But God was gracious with me and drew me back onto that path and has been something that has really defined things for me and, and, and in a way to find things for my family. Um, and so that thing that has captured my attention has actually had a big impact on my life. They can be things that grab your attention in different ways. Um, when we first moved out to Chinchilla, before we moved out to Chinchilla, um, we had little Tessa who was about, oh, probably about five months old at the time. And we wanted to drive out to Chinchilla, Elizabeth needed to meet the principal out there, and we wanted to buy a house. We had a day. We thought that would be easy, like. And so we got out there. We'd done a little bit of searching on the internet. Um, it's probably a lot easier today, looking on the internet. We did a bit of searching. Went and saw a few real estates, and we started looking at houses. And. Initially it was like, oh, nothing was grabbing our attention and, and we, we started seeing a couple of places that we liked and, but we went and saw this one place and it, it, it captured our attention. Um, we, we, we wasn't the last place we saw and in the end we looked at some other places and some of them were still good and, but in the end we, we came back to this one place. And so by the end of the day, it had captured our, our, our minds. It captured where we could put furniture and we put an offer in. And within one day, we had signed the contract to purchase a house. And, and so that made an impact for us for the next three years. It became a place for us to, to live and to grow as a family. Like Noah was, was born while we we're living in Chinchilla and, 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 but also it became something that God provided a blessing because over those next few years, Chinchilla was going up in price. And so when we left there and we were able to, again, sell our house quite um, miraculously in the end, we were able to move out of there with a, a blessing moving forward. And so that, that choice, that house that captured our attention, turned out for good. It's not always bad things that capture our attention. But you can think of negative ones as well. Um, Alison read before from Proverbs um, 4 And it says Let your eyes um, I'm not Alison, Karen um, Let your eyes look straight ahead And fix your gaze directly before you Make level paths for your feet And take only ways that are firm Do not swerve to the right or to the left Keep your foot from evil That last verse sounds like a a training verse For uh, getting your license um, keep your foot from evil, don't put it all the way down to the floor. Um, the thing is, so far we've we've been looking at how um, the things that can capture our attention. Um, and when you look at I suppose the negative thing, you can have something that grabs your attention. Kind of pulls you away from something that you're meant to be doing. And in a moment, I want to give you two more verbs when it comes to um, your attention. But I want to, we've, we've got two dogs in our house. For those who've been there, we've got a white one that's mostly intelligent, and we've got a brown one that struggles in that area but there is something that she loves people she really does love people she she loves getting her pet, uh, pets and and loves sort of um sort of doing finding out where all the people are um and the other thing she loves is food she is so food motivated it captures her attention if someone stands up and goes to the cupboard i'll go with you i'll see if there's anything in there for me i'll jump up on your leg and just remind you that i want some food we're cooking dinner. So where is our Lulu? In the kitchen with us, just in case you drop something. At dinner time, where is she? Under the kids' feet because they can't get food from here to here and I'm going to score again. We're watching a movie at night. Everyone's like, in bed, we go to the fridge. Lulu goes, I'm going to come and see what you are going to give me out of the fridge. Her attention is caught by food. And so... The thing is, with with our dog, it doesn't seem that she has a choice about where they focus their attention. But unlike our friends in the animal kingdom, we do have a choice. You and I do not have to be ruled by things that grab or capture our attention. And so I want to look at the principle of choice. You get to choose what you give your attention to. I don't know if you realize how significant that is because so often the world will tell us, they'll kind of tell us to ignore that. They'll, they will push things down our throat. They will tell us things. And it's been interesting even the last couple of weeks talking to some of our, our youth connected to the church about ideas that are pushed so much down their throat that they can't think away from that. They They can't escape that idea. And, but we need to get to the point where we do get to choose what we give our attention to. And this is where it leads me to those two other verbs I, I want to give you. Besides grab attention and capture attention, you can choose to give your attention and you can choose to pay attention. And here's the key to that. Emotions tend to fuel the things that grab or capture your attention. Emotions do intentionality tends to fuel what you pay and give attention to. And I think sometimes we let what we feel about life, or we get to the point in life where we are dictated by what we feel. We feel like we should be like everyone else, or we feel like this should be happening in life, or we feel bad and that will dictate the choices and the things that we pay attention to. On every part that leads to disaster or destruction, there is something powerfully powerful and emotionally engaging that summoned us that grabbed or captured our attention. Which is why Solomon warned in in um, Philip and Proverbs four let your eyes look straight ahead. That's intentional. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths before your for your feet, and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or left, but keep your foot from evil. Can you can you see how that works out in reality? Like if you're walking on a, on a a pathway that is not solid, or as Sue experienced this week, a, a airport runway that's not solid, and and the airport goes off into the mud. You kind of when we're walking, we can actually test the way that we're going. And so if we're intentional, all of a sudden you can oh it's a bit bit muggy muddy here, and I'll do this and and you watch where you walk. Again, I see a difference here between adults and kids. Well, sometimes, and it's been raining, and you'll see puddles. And so I'll look ahead, and you look for the dry bits between the puddles where the kids don't think to do that, and they'll go, I'm just going to keep walking. And i go, why did you walk through the puddle? Because that was the direct route. They just were going with the flow. And too often we do that emotionally with our, our choices in life where we don't test the grounds around us. We don't sort of intentionally look forward to where we're meant to be going. We don't, we swerve to the right and left as, as, as our feelings flow, as our, our days pick up. It comes down to things like picking up God's word and reading it devotionally. How many people go, I don't, you may not say it in these words, but I don't feel like it right now today. I I can say, I've done that. There have been days I've gone, I need to do my quiet time. I don't feel like it. The thing is, what I need to do is I, I need to do this for my benefit. I need to do this for my relationship with God. I need to do it so I can stay on the right path. That intentionality becomes important. See, we need to make a choice to choose which direction you will go and then fix your gaze directly on it. What you give your attention to will determine your, de- de- your direction, and the direction you head determines your de- uh, destination. I want to ask you, I suppose, a personal question. What has your attention these days? Is it a relationship? Is it a career? A house, an enjoyable pastime? is it a person who's leading you somewhere you don't really want to go or a person who's leading you towards um where you do want to go is it your marriage your children your faith is it an achievement you're hoping to accomplish soon what has your attention these days sometimes our attention's on just surviving we, we, Life has become so tough that we're looking for the next moment where we can rest or stop or just breathe. Sometimes we get so caught up in the, in the pressures of life that we don't even know what direction we are going and so our attention is never fixed on the things that will benefit us. What captures or grabs your attention or what what you choose to pay or give attention to will determine the way that you go here's the second question what do you want to have your attention on what do you want to have what do you want to choose to follow what do you want to pay attention to if you could fix your eyes on one thing what would it be so far into the series, I want, I want to make a suggestion to you as we look at the Apostle Paul describing this in Philippians three thirteen and 14. It says, Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Are there things in your past that still imprison you? You are looking backwards as God calls you forward and you don't know which way to go. And so Paul says we need to forget what is behind. If we fix our our gaze on the past, if we fix our gaze on the things that have hurt us, if we fix our gaze on times we felt like we have failed, all of a sudden that has captured our attention. And Paul says straining towards what is ahead. And I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. Almost every book in the Bible describes this same focused life in some way. The author of the book of Hebrews says in uh, Hebrews 2.1, We must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. You can see the intentionality. We must be careful to pay attention to what we are doing so that we do not drift away. Some of you here today, maybe some of the people that are listening online, have drifted away from the faith for a while and you you wonder how it happened. It happened because of the principle of attention your eyes, your attention followed something other than God and you wound up drifting away from God. God. We also see in Hebrews, in, in Hebrews 12 verses 2 and 3, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. That becomes the first part. We need to fix our eyes. Now, I'm talking like, you know how when a builder builds something and it is it is secure, it's not going anywhere? That's the kind of fixing we need to do. I'm not talking about zipper tying it up. Okay, some of us go, we've just got to hold this together for a little bit. Ten zipper ties, that will do it. Bit of extra tape, gaffer tape will do it as well. And we're, we've fixed our attention and all of a sudden we spiritually lose our attention when that really counts. No, let's fix our eyes, let's put bolts and screws and nails into it. Let's, let's really gra- let God grab our attention in that way. The author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. So straight away we see Jesus doing exactly what he's calling us to do. So for the joy that was set before him. So Jesus, as he looked at his life, he knew that he was going to the cross, but he did not look at the cross. He looked past the cross to the joy that was set before him scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Look at the life of Jesus and what he was willing to do to achieve his goal, which was us. His goal was us, for us to be in relationship with him. He said, for the joy of knowing my people, for my children, for my family, those people that will be forgiven from their sins because of what I do on the cross, I'm looking past the harshness of the cross. I'm looking past the scorn of men and the ridicule of men. I'm looking past and I'm seeing the joy of that occurring. And because of that, I'm willing to endure. I'm willing to fix my eyes. Don't let your eyes wander. Don't let your heart or your attention be captured by lesser things. Focus your attention on Jesus, on following him, getting to know him better, serving him fully, becoming more like him, more and more every day. Remember a few weeks ago, we learned about the prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. Well, here's a danger I hope you see. If you pursue anything less than Jesus, you may end up bowing your knee before him from a destination you never wanted to arrive at. If we choose something other than God and follow that with all our heart and with all our mind, that's where we're going to end up. This is why Hebrews 12:2 says fix your eyes on Jesus. He is the path to heaven. He is the path to fulfillment. He is the path to purpose, the path to where you want to go. Even in John 14:6, Jesus made this abundantly clear. He said, "I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life." No one comes to the Father except me. So if your goal in life is to know God and to know his plans for you, if your your goal in life is to know who you were made to be, if your goal in life is to be forgiven and set free, there is only one place you can look, one place alone, and it is Jesus Christ. You cannot look to your wallet. You cannot look to your job. You cannot look to your family if you are wanting the answers to those questions. It must be God and God alone. Jesus says, "Follow me, follow me, follow me." Over and over again, he, he, he emphasizes that instruction. He never says, "Actually, here are my instructions. You go read it, study for the test. If you pass the test, you're in." Jesus, no. If you want to, if you want to get it right as a Christian, the one thing you must do is walk in step with God, and the, you do that by fixing your eyes on Him and following after Him you have a choice you can follow jesus or you can follow something less i suppose that's the question you've got to go is the less thing that i'm following worth it is it worth it in my life is it worth it in my family is it worth it in my relationship with god you can let your attention be grabbed by something that feels good for a moment or you can give your attention to the one who will direct you all the days of your life and on to into eternity the thing is it seems like an obvious choice. And like when I when I it seems like okay I I can choose all the good things God has for me or I can choose a moment in time that sends me on a path of destruction or a, a whole lot of small decisions that send me on a path of destruction or a path where I am left empty and wanting more in my life. And the thing is our brain kicks in and says of course I want to follow God. But because we are not actively paying attention to where we're going, we end up so far down this path, we go, how did I get here? What was happening with my spiritual GPS that I ended up so far away from where where God wanted me? And again, it comes back to our intentionality, our choice to follow God. And that is what I want to challenge you with today, this week, This day, I want you to challenge you to fix your eyes on Jesus. To be asking him that question. To be praying a prayer, God, is there anything that I'm putting before you? Dangerous prayer to pray because, again, if you are willing to hear from God, God will tell you. And the thing is, if you're putting something before God and he puts it on your heart, puts it on your mind, as you read God's word, as you pray, God says, this is the thing you're putting before me. Well, again you've come to another choice do i do i give this thing up do i turn away from that thing like it it may mean something radical for your life it may be a small step that you need to do to change your direction it might be changing the priorities in your life and saying god you are first and everything flows down from that it's very hard to make like live for god when god is number 10 in your life because like, all the things that come before God will dictate how you live more than God will. And if God drops below 10, like all of a sudden it, it just gets more and more. When you get up each day this week, talk to God. Spend a few minutes alone with him. It's either in Proverbs, maybe another place in Scripture. Choose to fix your eyes on Jesus this week. Let him lead you on the path he wants to go. Because as I said at the beginning, it's an obvious phrase to look where we're going, isn't it? But physically, we often break that rule. Spiritually, I think we do it even more so. We don't look where we are going and we end up on a path we don't want to be on. If Think about where you want to be with God and then fix your eyes upon him and let him guide your steps. Let's just pray. Lord, we thank you today that you are someone that we can... Um, Turn to someone that we can hold on to in our lives and 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 can guide each of our steps each of the the paths and journey that we must take and lord as we as we go into this week may you may we pay more attention may we give our attention to you may we intentionally choose you over the things that are, are battling for our attention for battling for our hearts And may we be in a place where we are fixing our eyes upon you and you are guiding our steps, you are giving us purpose, you are defining who we are, and ultimately we are walking in the path that you want us to walk in. So Lord, may may this week be a week that we are back on track with you and walking in the ways that you desire us to walk. We pray this in your name. Amen.